Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Just Browsing Podcast. I'm your co-host, Zach, back again with Matt today. And as promised from our last episode, we are here to bring you a sports gambling podcast. So I don't really know what direction this conversation is going to take, but we were talking about this at the end of our last episode and talking about how fun it would be to do a podcast on sports betting. And we've even brought this up before last episode, I think. We've talked about how interesting it would be. And like I have said before, I don't participate in sports gambling, but I know you do quite a bit. Um, But the industry as a whole is fascinating to me, and it's relationship with – sports and not even professional sports but other other sports as well so I think um like I said I don't know what direction this conversation is going to take or where you really want to start but I pulled up a lot of stuff just kind of talking about like because I kind of wanted to understand from my own perspective the legalization of like online sports gambling and kind of because I knew that had happened sometime recently in the past few years but I didn't know exactly when and like what the law previously was versus what it is now and kind of and then kind of track from that time to now how much the industry so, has grown. So I kind of, let's, I guess let's just start there. And kind so of, like the evolution of sports betting, you used to have to go to Vegas or Atlantic City, anywhere where there was a legalized sports yeah. book. A, a, an actual was, in-person brick right. and mortar sports Like a book. true yeah. sports book. You walk up. You you know most sports, but I mean I don't know how they were back then. I was too young. I only can speak for the last eight years, which has the majority of it has been through legalized online sports mm-hmm. books. Um, but you used to have to walk up and say I'm going to bet this game, you know, or say like like my first ever legalized sports bet. Man, I say legalized, and that's like I'm like putting myself out there like yeah i was sports betting so long prior, prior to that yeah you went 21. to some fucking sketchy bookie somewhere yeah, dude, i got a bookie <laughs> down the road that i go in slide some money under you know no. but hey that is we should talk about that later because that still happens to this day. oh yeah there, there's a lot of well because you got to think there's sports betting. well you got to think there's a lot of states that don't have legalized sports yeah, betting yeah. so they have to use a bookie that will do the dirty work for them right. and then right. go back and forth like that but yeah. you used to have to go up to a counter at a casino that had the sports book, and you go, like, my first one was I bet on Iowa to cover plus three at March Madness. Okay. I was terrified. I think I've talked to you about this. Yeah. I was talking with a guy who was betting a shitload of money, and me and, you know, I was there with my ex and my parents, and they were like, we're not going to hang around here. And I'm like, all right, well, I want to learn. Like, yeah. that was when I really learned, and he was, like, going through, so... We worked on some bets together. He went and put shitload of money down, and I was like, "I'm gonna put fifty dollars down on Iowa plus three. Yeah. Well, they drained a three and lost by like one at the very end. I hit, and at that moment, I was like, "This is easy. <laughs> it's not easy." Um, and from that moment on, you were hooked. And from that moment on, yeah, you're hooked. But that's like how the sports betting you used to have to go to a sports book, and then it slowly became legalized online. But it's taken a pretty big process to like legalize it online because you got to make sure you have things in place to i would say limit uh people i mean gambling is a very addictive behavior and it's a very dangerous so in no way shape or form are we promoting um any sort of gambling here i do want to say that even though i do do it all the time i do not want to promote it because it can be a very dangerous 
thing to get involved with. Um, well, they have, you know, any anyone who's heard an ad read on a podcast or seen a commercial for a DraftKings or a FanDuel, they have to read all these disclosures at the end, all these legal disclosures, and provide, like, the gambling hotline for addicts and all this kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's, it's, it is important to say, like, it has its – it's not without its dangers. It's the same thing well, as – in casino gambling right. and things like that. It, like, it's, it, it's the same thing, but it's mm-hmm. some people look at it as a get get rich quick. It's not like you're going to go to the craps table and you're going to have to work your money up, right? You could put $50 on a game, and all of a sudden that returns you know, $53. So you have $103 in, in your account. And then you're like, okay, I could keep doing this. And then all of a sudden you get up to $1,000 and then you lose. So, okay, you're technically only out $50, but that's $1,000 that you could have had. You would have had $950 back, and you didn't. So then you're like, okay, I got to chase that loss. So it's always – you always get in trouble when you chase your losses. So you got to like – the lingo in a lot of gambling is like you use your units. So like my unit is a $5. Like most of my bets are five $5, and that's a unit. So if I go, yeah, I put a unit on – you know, the Broncos to win outright. I'm just saying I put five bucks on the Broncos to win outright. And that's it. And it's pretty simple. That's not like a super risky bet. I mean, with the Broncos, it's a fucking risky bet. But <laughs> a straight-up bet's not risky. It pays the least. Like, we don't have to get into the nitty-gritty of the actual betting part because that would be boring as shit because there's a lot. But the availability of sports betting has gone from you have to be at a casino to you could do daily fantasy leagues where you pick – you know, a fantasy lineup and you win money from a pool, but that's not necessarily like sports betting in my opinion, because you're not betting on the actual outcome of a game. So now we have, you have MGM, FanDuel, DraftKings, Circa, uh, Caesars, Mm -hmm. Bet365, PointsBet. (laughs) So many. Um, It seems like there's there's, a new one every day. There's probably 15 to 20 legalized, at least here in Colorado, there's probably 15 to 20 legalized online sports books Mm -hmm. that you could sign up for and go play. It it reminds me a lot of, like, in the last couple of years, the amount of streaming services that have popped up. Oh, yeah. You know, it seems like every day there's a new, like, Discovery Plus or... We have the the best odds. We have... Same thing. Do you have the best fucking odds? Or like... Like some of them, mm-hmm. they go bet five dollars, get two hundred in bonus bets. Mm-hmm. If you're if you want to get into sports betting and you see that, okay, go bet five dollars, get your two hundred in bonus bets, and then try and just bet like a plus one hundred or even like a minus one hundred and make some free money if it hits. If not, you lost five dollars. Like big whoop de doo. Like it's not that big of a thing, but there's so many, there's so much available. And it's just, like, it's easy. I could go on my phone right now and click on a multitude of fucking apps that I have and log in and place a wager for tonight, which I will be placing a wager for the (laughs) NBA um, tournament final tonight because I have a 25% profit boost. So then they get you with trying to place shit and chase wins with profit boosts. Two questions. Is the final tonight for the NBA in-season tournament? 6.30. Who's playing in it? It'll be the Pacers and the Lakers. Okay, interesting. Um, Second question. How many... Sport online sports gambling like apps do you have on your phone? How many do you actively use? I guess would I be use a better question. I use FanDuel, um, but that's not the only one you use, correct? That's just the one you use most often. Um, I think it's the only one I have money in my account right now. Okay, as far as like I'll deposit if I deposit or I just play. Like I've I've hit three parlays the past week, so I'm just playing with house money right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I have FanDuel. So I have FanDuel Sportsbook and I have FanDuel Daily Fantasy. 
So I haven't like done two di- different things. Right, you have to have okay. two different apps because okay. they're different legalized ways of And gambling. can you bet on the Daily Fantasy? You Well, I could do it, but I have to like – it's a different – it's the same account, but it's a different account if that makes sense. But you could gamble on the Daily Fantasy as well as the FanDuel right, right. sports. The Daily Fantasy has okay. been legal since we were in college. Because that's doing, what they started I was doing with, that. Right? Yeah, I was FanDuel doing that started shit with and, that originally. Right. Yeah. That and DraftKings were both like huge. There was yeah. no sport online sports books when you could do that originally. Right. And then sports books came in. And the incentive because that's that, more of a skill based. Yeah, the incentive for that initially was like, hey, do you play fantasy football? Are you sick of being halfway through the season right. and your half your team's gotten hurt and your team sucks balls? Well, now you can just pick a new fantasy team every week, right. basically. And, and so I don't know. I mean, it's still gambling, but if you if you set a lineup for three dollars, and they have twenty thousand possible entries, that's where the prize money comes from. If I bet five dollars on the Broncos to win tomorrow, I'm not taking five dollars from twenty. I mean, technically, I guess I would be, but I'm taking the money from the sports book. Not necessarily all the people that entered, but then again, the money that the sportsbook has is from other people losing. Right, right. So, um, but I have FanDuel, I have Bet365, BetMGM, DraftKings, ESPN Bet, and I think those are the only ones I have. I'm sure I've signed up for a lot more, and I will sign up for more, just because if there is a deal to bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets, okay, I deposit $10. I bet the 200 in bonus bets. If I win, I usually will withdraw the money, and then I just quit playing on that site. Because yeah. I'm used to FanDuel. They have some of the best profit boosts I see, and I'm sure there's better odds, but it's like I don't, I'm don't. i not that in-depth to it where, <laughs> where I search like every sports book for the best yeah. odds because it could go one has it at minus 138 and one has it at minus 130. Yeah, Is that that big of a difference when I'm betting $5 on it? Fucking no. It's like yeah. – three cents like yeah. that to me is I, i'm gonna use what i'm familiar with right and just stay with it but yeah i've got five on my phone who knows how many more i've signed up for <laughs> but if you want to sign up i'll send you my code because i get fifty dollars you get fifty dollars oh, once okay. you hit it's a certain requirement yeah yeah but it's like you bet five dollars or whatever because like when my brother was in town he goes hey i saw this deal so i had like four hundred dollars in free bonus bets when he was in town because I was just like, here's my codes. And then he met the requirements. He got all sorts of bonus bets. I met the requirements. I got all sorts of bonus bets. So one thing off of that point, one thing that I was reading is like a lot of what – because I, I think really if you if you break it down, <coughs> FanDuel and DraftKings sportsbooks, I think still to this day, even after operating for several years now, are not profitable every year because they're spending there's like so much upfront capital that needs to be spent to like break into that industry and then they spend a shit ton of their money on acquiring new users basically. Right. So that was one of the things I was learning about I was like, "Oh, this is kind of interesting." So that's why you see such a heavy marketing push on like social media ads or commercials on TV while you're watching football games or Ad reads on podcasts. Or while you're saying, watching Peppa Pig and yeah. Jamie Foxx comes on and then the Manning brothers come on yeah. and you're like... And that's that's why what you were talking about of like, hey, bet $5, get $200 in bonus bets. All of that marketing promotional material is in an effort to acquire more users and essentially what they're, what they're counting on is the same thing that any other company in any other industry is counting on. Like a streaming service would be a perfect comparison of like, hey... We want you as Netflix to sign up for one month 
and get hooked on Stranger Things and Peaky Blinders or whatever else, and then just become a recurring month-to-month Netflix subscriber. Right. That's what they're counting on as FanDuel. They're trying. They're saying like, "Hey, I know you don't, you know, sports book or you don't, you don't sports bet. Download FanDuel. Put in five bucks. What's five bucks? Who cares? You spend that on your coffee every so, day. You get two hundred dollars in bonus bets. You right. do that one time, and now you're hooked, and now you're just a recurring FanDuel member. Right. And and where <laughs> so they that's lo- what they're counting where on. they lose that money is you deposit. Five or ten dollars or whatever your deposit amount would be, and then you have to wager that. And then when you get the bonus bets, you can't withdraw the bonus bets. Mm. So then you would you could bet your two hundred dollars or whatever you get in your bonus bets, and if you win, you don't get the bonus bet included, right? So if I bet five dollars on something and I hit, I get that five dollars back plus the winning. If you bet bonus bet on something, so you bet a five dollar bonus bet on something, you win. You just get the winnings. You don't get the five dollar bet. Oh, okay. so they okay. they then get that money back. Okay, so what so they eventually their way is, eat up the two hundred dollars in bonus bets that they're giving. Right, and yeah. most bonus bets, at least on most sites, expire. So they're like, you have to use this so some sort of within a week because yeah, yeah. they're trying to not like let you just have two hundred free dollars. Right, right. But on one of on DraftKings, I hit. They gave you four fifty dollar bonus bets, so you had to make fifty dollar bets. Well, that's ten times my normal betting. I hit I hit for like four hundred and eighty bucks. So I withdrew all four hundred and eighty dollars and I lost the other hundred fifty and I just didn't log back in. There you go. And that's, I was just like, that's how That's I feel remarkably like you responsible it. of you. Well, I'm sure I moved it to a different <laughs> sports book yeah. at that point. Because that's not how you usually gamble when we go to a casino. Yeah, at, but at playing playing roulette is way like I have it in my hands. Yeah, I do yeah. get really antsy with sports betting if I'm if you like, can touch the here. chips and yeah. like all that. Yeah, yeah. Or if I'm like I was one leg off, I gotta <laughs> gotta try and chase this like eight dollars I put down earlier in the day. And I like put yeah. another sports bet and I'm like like the other night. I had a same game parlay boost, but you had it was a live wager. So I live wagered the Thursday night football game. Okay. And I live wagered uh, Bailey Zappi two hundred twenty five yards. Bailey Zappi fourteen and a half yards rushing. Uh, Deontay Johnson a touchdown and under forty one and a half. So I did a little parlay. It was like plus eighty eight hundred odds. Well, Zappi hit his two twenty five, and right as I placed it, Deontay Johnson scored a touchdown. So I looked, and I could have cashed out the $5 wager for like $24 at the time after his touchdown. I'm like, no, Zappy's like 20 yards away passing. He's like, he had 11 yards rushing when I placed the wager. So I needed four yards rushing. Yeah. And I was like, I just need them to coast on the under. Well, the under hit, Zappy hit his yards, the touchdown hit. I just needed that last tush push at the end of the game to go for two yards, and I would have hit. And I would have made $5 turn into like $440 or something like that. That um that Thursday night game, I didn't watch any of it, but the amount of points scored in that game was shocking to me. I was like, Steelers and Patriots, they're gonna oh, it's gonna be like nine to six. Vegas <laughs> lost everybody lost a shitload of money. Yeah. Whether it was Vegas or the users, because the under was thirty and a half. It was like the lowest under in like twenty years. Yeah. And everyone's like, well, you got to hit the under. I mean, the Patriots just held the Chargers to six points, and they put up zero in that game, and they put up zero <laughs> and. The fucking Steelers don't know how to score. Yeah. Their offense is abysmal this year. And all of a sudden, it's 21 nothing. I'm like, they're nine and a half points away right. from covering. And all of a sudden, it was 21-10 at half. And I was like, either all the sports book are fucking going crazy right now, or the people that are like, we're going to hammer the over because the odds on it are better, right. are fucking going crazy. Because like, that yeah. shit hit in the first half. And I was like... That that's a perfect example of like why I don't sports bet because I'm like I I look at that and look at those two teams and what they've done this year and I'm like 
it's going to be the under for sure because those teams right. neither of them can score. They like literally cannot score points, and then it fucking hits. It's like okay. Well, so some of it like there's there's so many different bets, and like I said, we won't get into it because there's just way yeah, there's too so many, many bets. different things you can gamble on. Yeah. Um, but it's like if if I don't feel safe, like with the with the Broncos playing the Texans last week, I was like, I don't think we're gonna get blown out, but there's always a chance that the old Broncos show up. So I bet that the Broncos would cover a I think it was fourteen and a half spread. Okay. And we ended up what losing by three. So I was like, the line I think was five and a half or six and a half. And I was like, I don't feel confident on that. So I'm gonna take worse odds in my parlay for a better chance at hitting. Which I ended up hitting that parlay, but it was like you lose out on money if you, you know, if I would have took the normal spread, I would have hit. But I was like, I just don't feel as confident. So you can always change like yeah. where you're going, but like point totals, bro, it's you don't fucking know. Like basketball, I live wagered one, and I'm like sitting there going, I'm like, I just need you to fucking hit. I just need you to hit, and I'm like, it was like miss, 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 <laughs> miss, 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 and I was like. Basketball seems what? like one of those ones, if you're trying to bet the point total, that's a complete fucking shit show. Like, who knows? Like, oh, yeah. Well, if you're betting the Pacers, Hawks playing, usually the over's going to hit because yeah. they just don't play defense and they shoot like 83s a game and they make 90% of them. But, yeah, it's that's why it's betting. And it's gambling because you have no clue. But this is where I also want to – and I have the – promo so I w- i'm gonna do this real quick before i get into okay. the depths of it but this is what the a fan promo would be if i send you my referral code okay so i invite you using my referral code your friend must sign up through your referral link on the mobile web create a fan account deposit ten dollars or more so you have to deposit ten dollars minimum then you have to place and settle any bet of five dollars or more in order to get the fifty dollars so I send you my referral link. You sign up. You should get $50. I get $50 once your $5 or $10 bet were to be settled. And then I get a $50 bonus bet, and you should get bonus money. And then as a new user, your friend will be eligible for the bet $5, get $150 when your Moneyline bet wins promotion. So then you would be eligible to get $150 in bonus bets. But it, So it's like... Hey, if you do end up signing up or want to sign up and just wager ten dollars and see how it goes, let me know so that I can get money to play with. You get more money to play with. We and, all win. And FanDuel gets another book. user, right? <laughs> and you get, they get another user. But then as soon as you lose your money and you're like, "Why? Well, you know, I don't care to do that again." They're sitting there going, "Well, fuck." His degenerate friend hit on his fifty dollar bonus <laughs> bet, and now we're losing money to him, and we lose the user. So it's kind of a weird system that they have, but I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to encapsulate all of America into sports betting, which... Yeah. So I kind of wanted to give an idea of how big this industry really is and kind of like a little bit of the background of the last few years. So what caused this major explosion and kind of what we were talking about at the beginning was like if you wanted to bet on sports... Prior to 2018, you basically had to go into an in-person brick-and-mortar sports book at a casino in Las Vegas or Atlantic City or something like that to place a bet. Those are the only places where you could legally do that. Now we're talking legally, obviously, right? So there's a massive underground illegal betting, sports betting market that we're not going to be addressing here. But And, and I want to touch something too real quick. This isn't horse racing because that's been around 
forever, and you could usually bet on that in a lot of locations. I don't think that was just Vegas or like a sports book. I think you yeah. could bet on horse rating, racing in a lot of spots. Yeah. So it's we're talking about sports books it's like baseball, hockey, right, right. soccer, the major U.S. sports, right, really. Right. Yeah. So I just wanted to say that real quick. Yeah, that's an important distinction. Also, the horse racing I've never really understood. That doesn't make any sense to me, but. Um, oh, this horse has a 2,900 to 3 chance. It's like, why can't we just divide that to down to 1? And they're like, so you want it to be 1,300 odds? It's like, well, that's not the right math. And they're like, well, then we don't know what it is. So it's 2,900 to 3. And it's like, all right, fucking, I'm well, not betting and, and, on that guy to win then. Well, and I, I don't know. And also, like, how many of the people who bet on horse racing know anything about horses or horse racing? And they're just like, get, like I don't know. It they're just like, seems dude, like a I bet very on Sparky weird... McSparkster to yeah. win. And they're like, yeah. and he came like, in fourth. Because like, like, of fucking what rationale? Like, I don't know. It just seems like an avenue dude, for degenerates have, to just have gamble you, on Have something. you seen the video of the degenerate horse gambler guy who's at like the horse? Because, you know, there are different sports books. So you go watch the horse racing one, and then there's a whole different sports book. Yeah. And this guy's got like paper rolled up and he's like come on and he's like smacking himself and oh acting like God. he's right he's like come on come on he's like yeah and i'm like that's bad did you you're, you're hooked you're addicted if you're doing like that. if i'm like, just sitting you, here you and I, like, i'm watching a game i'm like yeah i'm not gonna hit i just go back to doing whatever i'm doing this guy's up there like acting like he's riding the horse and i'm like bro they're in like nineteen thousand miles away riding that shit. That, that's a dude who's like, my rent this month is counting on this. <laughs> like if, if I don't hit this, I can't go home. Which is like, that's a serious problem. You need help. Um. So anyway, prior to twenty nineteen, or to, sorry, to twenty eighteen, that was the case. So what happened in May of twenty eighteen was a really big deal for this because basically, uh, this this legislation basically called the Professional and Amateur Sports Protection Act. Um, was a law that was previously in place that basically um, outlawed placing wagers on sports betting nationwide. And so basically what they did is they overturned that legislation and they said it, it's it's kind of comparable. And I, I was, I was going to talk about this later, but it's kind of comparable to like the retail marijuana mm-hmm. situation in the United States now to where like... Oh, you guys want to sports bet? We're going to just tax the Federally, shit they said, okay, it's now up to the states. We're put, like we're not going to ban it federally. It's up to each individual state. So they passed the, the responsibility on to the states. And now we're at a point where five years later, I think there's like 30-something states who have now legalized online sports betting in their state. So right. Or not, are again, legalizing. Yeah, or are in the process of doing it. And again, it's up to each individual state. So it goes through state legislation. It gets voted on. Some states are, you know, they're, they're still, you know, presenting these bills in their local state legislature today. And it's getting, you know, approved or denied. So that was the big deal. And that kind of opened the floodgates to say, okay, you know, Kansas or Colorado or wherever. So pick a, pick a state. Do you want to have this be legal in your state? Yes or no? And so right. now Everyone, we're up to. I think you vote like you'll probably states that don't have it will probably have something like this on their ballots come yeah um, November of 2024. Yeah, and there's a lot of implications to that aside from allowing this to now be legal in whatever state votes on it. So um, it, apparently, 38 states and Washington D.C. have, as of current day, legalized some form of sports betting. To give you an idea of how big this industry is since 2018, um, according to the American Gaming Association, sportsbook revenue in the U.S. hits in the U.S. hit 7.5 billion dollars in 2022. That was up 75 percent from 2021. Uh, it says Flutter, the parent company of FanDuel, estimates that the total addressable U.S. betting market will be worth more than 40 billion dollars by the year 2030. 
So like one of the things that I was gathering as I was doing all this research is like this industry, this this legal online sports gambling industry is really in its infancy. It's only been around for five years and it's already at a nearly $10 billion per year revenue. They're expecting this to explode in the next decade or so and beyond that as more states legalize it, as more 21 and over adults percentage of that population sign up for sports books and start gambling. So I think that is where you see companies like FanDuel and DraftKings and BetMGM and all this kind of stuff, they're willing to spend hundreds of millions of dollars to get into this industry and compete because the potential market share and the potential right. overall market for this is going to get gigantic right. Oh, at just as time goes on. Because like we're really seeing this in its infancy. And it's like I said, it's very comparable to the retail weed situation. And the, the, the legal retail weed situation in the U.S., is a little bit older, but still in its infancy. Because I think that all started it's a lot in less, 2012. Right, and it's a lot less uh, accepted. 38 states for sports betting, and I don't know if there's more than 20 that have legalized, recreational legalized marijuana. Yeah, I was looking it up um, earlier, and I don't think I have it pulled up here, but just for Colorado, and we're talking the legal retail marijuana sales, um, they were one of the first, I think it was us and Washington, I Washington think were the very State, two yeah. first states. I think we were the true first. Yeah, in 2012 said, okay, we're going to legalize retail marijuana sales. Because prior to that, there was the medical marijuana, so it was like kind of legal, but not really. You had right. to you have, had like to a have the medical card. No, yeah. And then, and that's I think that's almost in all states that that's legal. Yeah. There's like 48 states yeah. that are legalized At, at this point, that's marijuana. pretty widespread, but the retail sales where you can just be anyone who's over the age of 21 in right. that state just, just walks into a dispensary it. and buys it. Um, the, the tax revenue generated from the legal, uh, retail weed sales is astonishing. So they have it going back. They've tracked it going back to as early as 2014. And just to show you like the growth in tax revenue is fucking wild to look at. So in 2014, so this is like two years after it gets legalized for the first time, total tax revenue in sales of legal retail weed was $67 million in 2023 so far it's 232 million dollars and to date since 2014 it's generated an overall two and a half billion dollars in tax revenue so like and that's just for the state of colorado so so it's a very compare to me i see it as a very comparable industry and i'm sure you can track there's probably some clever comparison you could do between the evolution of like the revenue generated from legal retail weed sales and legal sports betting over, you know, two years, five years, right. ten years. Just as these both of these industries continue so to So let's dive into a conspiracy forward. theory. And maybe this already exists, or maybe mm -hmm. we'll be the ones that kick it off, which then we will copyright it and we own the rights to the <laughs> thought of the conspiracy theory. Is the government behind the massive push for sports betting because they win on all these taxes that people are gonna have to pay on it. So I'd like to get into that because one thing that I found fascinating is you can pull up a lot of different articles, and I have a couple here in front of me. The interesting aspect of all of this is that prior to 2018, you basically had, as far as I understand it, that that um, legislation was basically between like New Jersey versus like all of the sports leagues, and they were hashing this out in court for years, right? Spending because they knows wanted how much money. I think it was on, like Atlantic City was like, no, we want yeah. everyone to come in person because we make a lot more money right. when they stay at our hotels. They play on the tables. They put money in the slots. Yeah, yeah. And and 
after this, so and, and a lot of what the if you read a lot of like official statements from the leagues, like I'm talking NFL. NBA, MLB, like their official spokesperson or their legal counsel or whatever, they come out. We and they have say nothing like, to do with the sports. Well, but they're just our official partner. Yeah. Well, so uh. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. So they come out and they say things like, you know, in the wake of this being legalized or or, or left up to the states to legalize, we just want to make sure that we work closely with state legislature to make sure that the integrity of our sport remains intact. There's that's a word that's used a lot. You read a lot of these quotes. Integrity. Like, the integrity of our sport. The integrity of our sport. And you're like, okay. So at the same time, they're trying to like stand on their high horse and be like, we just want to make sure the integrity of our sport remains intact. And yet simultaneously the NFL and a bunch of franchises in the NFL have official betting sponsors. This is our official. This partner. is our official betting uh, sponsor, DraftKings or FanDuel right. or whoever it is. They get fucking posters and signage all inside the stadiums. There's even in college and NFL stadiums. There's even physical sports books in the stadium where you can literally bet on the game that you're in the stadium to watch. And there's this article that I pulled up where this guy was breaking down. At the beginning of this season, the 2023 NFL season, there were several players who were suspended or cut from their team because they were like players who were like, you know, kind of on the teetering edge of making right, the team. Right, or the practice squad. Practice or... squad guys or whatever who were cut because of sports gambling. And you want to know the real kicker? The one, one guy, I think, I'll pull it up here in a second, but I think he was on the Colts. His suspension was for the first six games of this year. And it's funny, the, the guy who wrote the article goes – he brings up this uh, the comparison to this fucking I, I fuck I should pull it up in front of me so I'm not getting this all wrong but there was like a domestic violence incident with a famous NFL player a few years back and his suspension initially was four games and it's not Ray Rice it's because that that's another example but there's there's a different guy and he's going okay so this guy like chokes out his fucking wife right. has a domestic violence like arrest the NFL suspends him for four games. This dude for the Colts coming into the 2023 season wagers like three hundred dollars. Wagers a sports bet, not even within the sport of football. Right. So not even NFL. It's like something else. Maybe he's betting on a basketball game or something. But because he violated the league's betting policy, because he placed that bet while he was inside of his team's facility, they were suspending him for six games. And several other guys who had done it, who were like practice squad guys, got straight up cut. Right. And then like Calvin Ridley and, got suspended for how long? And so the guy, the guy who wrote the article is breaking down the hypocrisy here is hilarious because you look at it and you have guys like Jerry Jones, who's an owner of an NFL franchise, who is like a heavy investor in DraftKings and some of these sports books. And some of these guys have literally put physical sports books in their stadiums and are reaping profits off of that and are simultaneously being like, you're now suspended for six games because you placed a bet not even in your own sport. Which in our facility, like hilarious. The so, fucking hypocrisy there is just so funny. Well, to me. I mean, this goes all the way back to Pete Rose. Yeah, arguably, exactly. if exactly. you know the greatest hitter of all time, uh, should be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. I didn't watch him or anything, right? I, I don't know much about him, but he he bet on himself and his team to win. To me, I go okay. Should you allow that? Absolutely not. You should never allow any professional athlete to bet on themselves or their sport at all. Yeah, because they have a direct influence on how right. the events of that now, turn if, out. Now, so. if you're in the offseason and you want to bet on yourself to – or not bet on yourself, but say you, you want to bet on Tiger Woods to win the Masters, 
I don't see an issue in what, yeah, doing what's that. What's the problem? Like, yeah. you should be allowed to do that. You you have no impact on him winning the Masters. You have just as much of an impact on him winning the Masters as Joe Schmo, who's an accountant. Right, as me sitting here going, yeah. I'm going to bet on the Broncos to win the Super yeah. Bowl. Yeah, and zero effect on the outcome I, of that. I, I mean, unless yeah. I go to a game and my voice somehow gets in the head of someone and they drop a ball, and then yeah. I'm like, yeah. That was that $5 that I set <laughs> back in April yeah. causing you to drop that ball. Yeah. So – I don't think you should, you know, do this whole suspension. Like, I agree, but at the same time, if the league is going to suspend players for using those applications, or if they're like, hey, you can bet on it, but you just can't be in your team facility, I'm going to be like, well, what's the difference if you're in your team facility or if you're in your car right outside the team facility on a public roadway? There's no fucking difference in where you place the bet is what you place your bet on. But if you're going to suspend players for placing wagers – on sports that aren't involved with that specific person, then you guys shouldn't be promoting gambling anyways because how do we know you're not fixing games? Now with how easily accessible sports books are everywhere around in, you know, 38 states or whatever, how do we know that they're not fixing games? How do we know that there's not certain things or are the referees being monitored this hard? Because there's been calls where it's like, Mm -hmm. uh, that was blatant pass interference, and they're like, "Now nah, it was clean us." And then they, you see the yeah. next play, and they're like, "That's pass interference." And it's like, "Dude, he didn't even touch him." And it's like, so I think that's one of the. And if anyone wants to look this up, there's this article that I was referencing that I have pulled up in front of me right here. It's a article written by a guy named Will Leach for New York Magazine. It's just called "The Big Sports Gambling Scandal Might Have Already Happened." So. The point that he eventually draws in this article is what you were just getting at, which is. The danger here with allowing legalized sports betting and then the the all of the like sports leagues trying to police whether their players are allowed to place bets and all that kind of stuff brings into question the ultimate doomsday scenario for a sports fan, which is is any of what we're watching actually real? Right. Meaning, has the result of this game that I've been watching? been orchestrated prior to the game starting due to the influence of the massive amount of money being wagered on the result of this game. Right. That is terrifying as a sports fan because you're like, well, now this, to, to going back to what all of those leagues said in their official statements, it takes away all of the integrity of the game, meaning like you don't know how to trust the results of the live action you're seeing on the field or the court or whatever it may right. be because you're like, I don't know if this was organized by the powers that be, whoever that may be, league players, owners, well, you know, big sports gambling people outside of that, referees. Is the results of this game that I'm watching actually real, or are they leaning it and pushing a result so, in one direction in order to capitalize on it? So you could use, the I think it was last week's Monday night game or this week's Monday night game with the Bengals and the Jaguars. I think it was 97% of the public's money was on the Jaguars. So that means 3% of betting people put money on the Bengals. So you're going to win a lot more money if you take 97% of people's money than 3% of people's money. Mm-hmm. The Bengals won. I'm not saying that it's, you know, I'm not trying to get like into a conspiracy theory. We do have to dissect every single game, but it's like I do question sometimes the integrity of every sport, especially like fighting is a whole different world. Fighting of, seems to be more susceptible like, to this. If, if it like ever goes to the does. judges' scorecards, yeah. you can sit there and go, 
dude, this guy definitely won 29-28. And all of a sudden, they're like, via split decision. I'm like, I don't know what that fucking judges were watching that it's a split right. decision. The guy clearly won 29-28 and sh- should have been that way on all cards. And with something like that, the decision of the outcome of that match is literally coming down to the opinion of like two or three right. just guys. Of three like- judges who <laughs> the... The scoring in MMA is like the most stupid scoring ever. They use like boxing scoring, and there's completely different rules in MMA compared uh-huh. to boxing, and that shouldn't exist. They need to come up with their own scoring system, and it doesn't need to be a 10-point scale. Just score people. It should also be – Sam told me this, and I, I love this opinion, but it should also be just posted live updates throughout right. the match. When, when the round I, ends and you go to put their score in, post their score I would like to know what the scoring. live score is yeah, right. going into each round. They'll, but that's the thing, too. With sports betting, there's live odds. So if it's a tie ball game and your team was a plus 400 to win and it's tied, all of a sudden it could be minus 100, minus 100. And mm-hmm. I, I'm just, you know, I don't know how the odds are fucking written. It's an algorithm way smarter than I'll ever be. But so then you could bet on the live odds. You're like, oh, well, instead ba- of Based plus on knowing the score. Right, yeah. right. Based yeah. on what you're currently watching. Right. And fighting, fighting comes out and they go, the live odds have shifted from minus 250 for this guy to now he's plus 300. And then all of a sudden they come out and they go, yeah, both judges scored him winning the first round. It's like, well, Vegas didn't say he won the first round. Vegas right. was saying he lost the first round, which swung the betting to the other side, which means all sorts of people are probably putting money on the guy who truly won the first round. And now it swings all the way back and then the fight ends and everyone's like, well, no, he should have won round one and three where the favorite guy won round two, but the judges scored at the opposite, and the guy who wasn't the favorite in going into the second round won. Yeah. And it's like... It all seems so shady. <laughs> but it, and then it also brings into account, I want to know what the cut is from like FanDuel being the official partner of the NFL or whatever. I don't know if they actually are. I'm sure they are. Or BetMGM. What, how much money is the NFL making from that contract, or is it a percentage of money wagered on their games? Because right, right. if I'm... If you're the NFL and you go, all right, the amount of money, you know, our contract is we're just getting $100 million from you guys every year. It's just a flat rate. I go, okay, that makes me a little bit easier. There's no... Because it's not based on how many, right. how much but money if, is actually wagered. But if they're like, hey, we get X percent of money wagered on NFL games, I'm going to go, that's fucking fishy. Right. Because then the, the, the amount of money wagered on NFL games could swing wildly. Right. It could go up 50% on what happened last year. Right, and it's just like – and again, I'm just speculating. I don't know how any of this stuff works. I don't know if we'll ever know, but it's like how do you – how do you know? Like some of this shit could so easily just – like one of the best examples of the year. Um, I can't remember what week it was, but Luke Musgrave got – went into the concussion protocol on like a Sunday night or Monday night game for the Packers – he didn't get hit in the head. It didn't look like his head hit the turf at all. But he went in the concussion protocol and ruled out the rest of the game for a concussion. He was the most heavily bet prop for that Monday night game or whatever game it was. He was the most heavily bet person as far as props go. Yards, receptions, touchdowns, anything like that. He was the most heavily bet person. Anyone that has him in a parlay or picked him straight up or whatever, boom, automatic loss. Mm-hmm. Which... Also, as a sports better, I would like there to be an insurance. So if I go into FanDuel and I set a parlay up for tonight and I go, I want to bet $5 on these five things to happen in the NBA game. And then they go, they should give you an option. Do you want player injury insurance? Where, hey, you bet 
or you put a dollar or two fifty or whatever, like a side bet. Yeah, but it's not a side bet. It's you're paying for insurance. A lot like you do in blackjack, or right. you can do in blackjack right. in a lot of places. But it's yeah. like, hey, you just you just bet on five different players to be involved in tonight's game to reach certain statistics. Would you like to give us a dollar for insurance? Now, in no way, shape, or form is that associated with your $5 bet. It's just if one of your players gets hurt, we'll void that bet. Now, if two yeah, people yeah. get hurt, we're sorry. Like, There's nothing we can do. But we'll void one bet with that $1 insurance. And if not, and you win, we got that dollar from you no matter what, and you get whatever the payout is. Or if you lose, we got $6 from you, and tough shit. Because it's like there's times where I lost a, a sports bet on the first – the um. Monday night game, Christian Kirk, he caught the ball, tore whatever in his body on their first offensive play of the game. My, my wager was over. I'm like, I had him having three catches, and he got one and got hurt. Yeah. And I'm like, I guess, I mean, that's the way sports are. Like, injuries can happen like that, and you can't predict it. But at the same time, I'm like, dude, that's – it was one play. <laughs> Seems a little fucked, yeah. Like, that's fucked up. Or you you place bets, and then that person doesn't play. Most times, sports books will void that bet. Just because they're like, hey, they didn't play. It's no one's fault. Like, we should have never had that person up, but we thought they were playing. You thought yeah, they were yeah. playing. We'll void it. And that's the right thing to do. But it's like, you know how much more money they'd make if you could – like, if I had five players in a, in a parlay and they go, for every player, you could buy insurance. And I'm just like, well, then here's another $5. I'm buying insurance on all of them. My bet hits, but they're like, we got $5 from you anyways. Yeah. Like, you know how many people would be paying insurance on some of these yeah, guys? Yeah, they'd make a lot of money. Just and I'm not saying insurance. it has to be a yeah. dollar. I'm just saying it could be, you know, maybe it's your unit amount. So maybe yeah. if I place a $5 bet, I have to play, place a $5 insurance bet to cover if someone gets hurt. Yeah. But it's like, I started thinking, I'm like, dude, if I started a sports book, I would try and figure out a way to offer that. Vegas makes so much money on the side bets that us fucking chumps go and put yeah, money on. Yeah. That's how they make all their money. Yeah. They don't make money from us betting $5 to play blackjack. They're like, oh, you want to play the perfect pair or you want to play the 21 plus three? Well, guess what? That's $5. Oh, you didn't get it. We're going to just yoink that money off the yep. table before yep. you even see what the hand is. And <laughs> yeah. You're like, yeah. Oh, I won, and I, never mind. I, I lost a dollar because I played that, and I won my hand, but I played five here, so I really bet eleven dollars to get five dollars back. Right, right. And you're like, "Fuck!" And they're like, "The way they explain the insurance bets and like the side bets always sound like a good idea in theory, and then they, you, once you start looking at it, you're like, I feel like I'm getting fucked here. Like, <laughs> I'm not doing this anymore. Do you want insurance? And you're like, "Yes." And then they flip like a four, and you're like, <laughs> and they're like, "Just take and it. Just put it in their tray like nonchalantly, and like, yeah. do you want to hit your twelve? And you're like. <laughs> Really? If I don't play insurance, you have a 21. Yeah. If I right. do play it, you don't. That's you what happens to me every anyways. single fucking time. Yeah. Or you play the insurance, they take your money, you're like, fuck you. And then you hit your 12 and you get 22 and you're like, <laughs> just double fuck. Sick. So I, I, I pulled up the specifics of what I was talking about a second ago. And this guy's talking about in 2015, um, basically this website, Deadspin, published photos of Nicole Holder, who was a woman who had been beaten and choked by Dallas Cowboy star Greg Hardy. I'm sure you remember Oh, this. yeah, Greg Hardy. Greg, yeah, because I was like, it wasn't the Ray Rice thing. It was a different one. But yeah, the, the Ray Greg, Rice thing was brutal, though. The Ray Rice thing was very similar and very brutal. Um, the NFL, he was like, the NFL's response to this horrific attack, it suspends Hardy for a grand total of four games. Uh, and then it, th this was written right before this year's season started in 2023. So he goes, last week, NFL announced that Lions wide receiver Jamison Williams and three of his teammates would be suspended for six games. That's two more than Greg Hardy got for, you know, fucking choking out and punching some poor woman 
after violating the league's gambling policy in quotations. And so they were talking about how Jameson Williams didn't even know what rule he had broken. And they start talking about basically what he had did. He made a bet on his phone and he was in the team facility. He didn't bet on his own team. He didn't even bet on the NFL. He just made a bet, which is perfectly legal in the state of Michigan, but he did it while on team grounds. That was like what was against the rules, and that was six games. And then it said his the other the other players who had also made bets who were not you know obviously as valuable to the franchise as this guy was just got straight up cut. So there goes their whole job for just literally betting on something that's not even in their a $10 own sport. Bet. A ten dollar bet. It's not even in their own sport. And then he basically goes on to be like, "This is just." The hypocrisy here is hilarious because he's like, why would any player think there's a problem with placing a bet anyway? They're constantly inundated with gambling ads like the rest of us are. They see the FanDuel and MGM banners all over their stadiums. They see leagues setting up formal partnerships with betting companies. They see NFL owners like Robert Kraft and Jerry Jones investing in DraftKings. They know that owners recently voted to allow physical sports books inside the stadiums for this next season. And he goes in parentheses, this is already a reality in NBA arenas. He said, when I attended the Big Ten men's basketball tournament at Chicago's United Center earlier this year, more people were milling around the FanDuel Sportsbook Lounge than were actually sitting in the stands. <laughs> it's just like the hypocrisy there is fucking wild to me. Because like, if you're a player, now granted, there are a lot of players in a league like the NFL who are paid handsomely. Like They make a shit ton of money. Or like Shohei Otani who just oh signed God, yeah. a contract for more money than like 15 countries – Gross domestic GDP. Preposterous. But if you're some of those players and you're looking at the landscape like you and I are right now, just doing research on the sp- the legal sports online gambling industry, you're going, there are literally billions of dollars being wagered on the games that I am directly participating in. I want to fucking make some money off of this. Why should It's legal in my state. If I'm not betting on my team's games... What's right. the problem? If there? I'm not betting on my league, it should yeah. they should like if you play in the NFL, you should not be allowed to bet on NFL games. Yeah, period. But like, it doesn't fucking matter. But, but if you want to bet on NBA, NBA MLB, NHL, whatever right. you want. If you want to yeah. place a thousand dollar wager on that shit, go for it. Like, because yeah. why not? Everyone else deal. gets to try and make money off of right. it. So why are you being excluded from this or possibly up for, you know, extreme punishment, either suspensions or sh- getting straight up just fired? When everyone else, including the owners of your franchises, are making who yeah. knows how much money off of all of this, it's just including crazy. your bosses yeah. are doing it and making money. Or if they're not placing bets, they're making money on the people placing bets on you. Wow. I mean, but like, think about like how crazy that could be. I'm assuming the refs aren't allowed to bet on the games because that would be heavily illegal. That'd be crazy. But then again, you see calls and shit that it's like, oh. Okay, perfect example. Patrick Mahomes got hit while still in bounds in their Sunday night game again. Who did they lose to? Was it the Eagles? Uh, I'm sorry, which game are you talking about? Patrick Mahomes, when he got hit when he was still in bounds. It might have been the Eagles. When game. He, he was like running remember. and yeah. he, he got hit. He It was a very oh, clean yes, hit. Yes, yes. I, I remember watching that play. On yeah. the sideline. Yeah. He got hit and everyone's like, I'm, or no, that was, um, yeah, because I was cheering. I was like, no, I was like, well, yeah, it's roughing the passer. And I was like, no. And my parents were like, well, what is it? And I was like, well, I need him to throw in a fucking touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, I need him another touchdown for fantasy purposes because yeah, I have him fantasy, in a fantasy yeah. league. But I need him to have 225 yards and two touchdowns. And my mom's like, why? And I was like, 
because that's a, a decent amount of points, so it helps me in the ranking. She goes, She's like, you're full of shit. <laughs> okay, and I was like, no, really. And I showed her my like Yahoo thing because I, I do have him in fantasy, but yeah. I'm sitting there going, I need him to have two touchdowns. If he has two touchdowns and 225, I hit my parlay tonight. And he got hit, and I'm like, well, that's a clean fucking hit. And the ref's like, flag. And I'm like, no. You guys didn't throw a flag when Justin Herbert was nine rows deep in the fucking third row and he got plastered. And they're like, well, yeah, that was legal. I was like, the dude's in a different county. That that Mahomes play, he's 100% a runner at that right. point. And he's getting it was the hit most legal bounce. hit it's ever. It's a legal and hit. Then, and the refs are just like. Like, no, that's the, that's the NFL's golden child, dude. Right. He can't get hit it's like just, It was the same with Tom Brady, bro. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tom Brady would get looked at and the ref's like. <laughs> he pulls like nine different flags out of his ass and throws them on the field. And everyone's like, where did all these flags come from? They're like, well, the DN looked at Tom Brady angrily. And I'm like. He looked at him and they're like, "Yeah, it's a personal foul, roughing the pass." I'm like, "It was a sack. Like he didn't hit him in the head. He didn't twist his legs. Like all he did was get a clean tackle." And I'm like, "The refs have a bigger impact on all these games." And I go, "Some of these refs have got to be making money sports betting." Well, so to that point, um, you know, you were you were saying like how illegal that would be because of how much of an influence it would have on the outcome of these games if the refs were betting on them. And there have been we've talked about this before on other episodes of this podcast, but there oh, the have Super been, Bowl. There have been gambling controversies. The NBA has struggled with this more so than any other league in oh, terms yeah. of like publicly known stories of like crooked refs betting on games and influencing the outcome of games. Like the NBA has a sordid history. You can do plenty of googling about it and find all kinds. I'm pretty sure there's a thirty for thirty about it about one of the refs that got like was the big name. Um, but one of the things I was going to bring up is like. One way, and, and I have a specific example here in front of me, but one way that people associated with the games themselves who may or may not be players, they might be refs, they might be sports agents, things of that nature, they are still gambling on these games, but they're not doing it like in their own name. So they're like trying to skirt around. Oh, you mean like politicians ha- having, having their shown up on like official records under their their name on a fan duel or something as placing a bet on a game that they had an right. influence it's their on? Uncle, so they like get someone else to do it for them in exchange for like oh you your know, uncle who works at a Kroger store <laughs> making like thirteen hundred dollars yeah. a month placed yeah. a ten thousand dollar bet every other day on that specific team to win right like hmm seems weird so one of the recent uh, big controversies is LeBron James his manager. Dude, that was uh, Maverick Carter is a like a huge kind of business mogul guy who started like a sports agency company and is like incredibly wealthy and has been an agent for some of the most popular athletes that you would be aware of. He was of. using a bookie. And he got in trouble. I guess all of this came about um he was a part of a November 2021 interview with federal agents who were investigating Wayne Nix, who was a bookie who operated an offshore sports betting ring. And as a result of his criminal enterprise, Nix has pleaded guilty to charges related to the operation. But I guess at the time when Maverick Carter was interviewed, he did admit to placing, I think it said roughly 20 wagers on football and basketball games that ranged, ranged anywhere between five grand and 10 grand. So this is kind of what we're talking about of like, there's still this, I think they estimate that the underground illegal sports betting industry like the revenue of that is potentially like 150 billion dollars or something like that like it's far dwarfs what we're seeing in the legalized online sports now over time as more and more states legalize it more and more people start betting on apps like FanDuel and DraftKings that's probably going to start swaying a little bit 
But it's the same thing again. Not if your bookie has better odds, though. Another direct comparison to the legal weed market. Like there are still places that don't allow legal weed sales, and there are still drug dealers in those states who still sell weed. It's not like the people in those states don't smoke weed, right? Like, like this state is completely like, weed free. Yeah, like, like, I don't think uh, it is. No, that's not how that works. Like they're still smoking. There's weed. thirty-eight they're just million not, people in yeah, one location. Not smoking. They're just not buying it from a dispensary like people in Colorado or Oregon. They're or just Washington. not paying outrageous prices. They're paying yeah, street prices. Exactly. And they so, go to one guy. So the same thing is happening with sports gambling, which is like what used to exist everywhere prior to 2018, where people would still gamble on sports games. They would just do it through an illegal bookie. Right. Now there's just a greater percentage of people who are you know upstanding, law-abiding citizens who are now just doing it legally. The legal bookie, the, a.k.a. Yeah. FanDuel. Right, which are going to become at some point, you know, it's, it's like the, the whole thing that's crazy and like, you know, if you look – back at history and just look at what a colossal failure things like prohibition were in this country. It's like the one thing that governments have never seemed to like get a good grasp on is like, listen, people just love their vices. They love to drink. They love to smoke weed. They love to gamble on sports. They love to gamble on anything really. So why not just legalize this shit and tax it and get tax revenue? So, and I mean, like what I just said earlier, since, Colorado, just just the state of Colorado, not including the other like thirty states that have legalized retail weed right. sales, since twenty fourteen has generated two and a half billion dollars in tax revenue that they can now spend on right. and you, you gotta whatever think else. You know, there's schools, probably, roads, whatever. There's probably not a huge proportion of Coloradans that actually smoke weed on a regular basis. Like there might be people that do it once in a while, but you gotta think that it's not a lot of people that are supporting that. Two and a half billion dollars in revenue. That's, Still an insane amount of money. <laughs> right. It's an insane amount of money coming from a relatively small group of, you know, individuals. And it's like, I, I mean, it could be a million plus people, but yeah. if an eighth of the population is doing it and it's two and a half billion, dude, there's way more people that are going to gamble than there are going to smoke weed. Yeah. Well, and like the, the point that I was getting to is like, it's just so funny to me how throughout time you can look at all of these different examples whether it's booze whether it's weed whether it's gambling where the federal government has tried to like like make it illegal to oh, you guys do those have things. fun go fuck yourself it's not like the population it's not like the demand for those things goes away everyone still does those honestly, things honestly the demand goes go, even higher. It, it honestly goes higher like, it's like oh you don't want me to do this well exactly. guess what i'm going to fucking I mean, do it kids do you can see that with kids what's the first thing kids are going to want to do if you tell Whatever them like their parents you tell can't them not have to do any it. of the candy in that jar what's the first thing they're going to do when you're I'm not looking go, eat candy. go get some of the candy from the jar so it's like in that scenario why not just fucking make it okay for them to have candy but only a certain amount and like you make sure right. they do their homework before they get or, the candy or you're just like hey you can do that and then the kids like but i don't care to do that anymore right now that it's like okay to do it now that maybe they're not it's not as enticing people are just hardwired that way to where it's like oh you're telling me i can't do something well now it's all i want to do the same thing can be said for these industries and i think the sports betting industry thing is like on one hand i'm a big proponent of like just letting people do what they want to do if they're a grown adult if they're over the age of 21 or whatever it's like look if i can go into a store and buy a bottle of alcohol I should also be able to go into a store and buy a joint, and I should also be able to download an app on my phone and, and bet on an NBA money. game. If, if it's just my own money, what the fuck does anyone else care if I do that? You know, so I'm I'll, I'm on that side of the fence, and then also it is important to look at the things that we have brought up during this. There discussion has to be protection like, for the consumer. Yes, there needs to be protection in there because there's some of the danger comes in of like we don't want this to get to a point where no one can tune into a football game or a basketball game without knowing like without thinking like well 
this whole fucking thing might be rigged. You know right. what I mean? Like, and then no, they lose interest in and then it. They lose they... interest, yeah. And then the popularity of that sport greatly decreases. Like, right. that's not what you want as a sports fan, but that's what would happen if you let this just become a totally unregulated industry, right? Where well, it's just like you know. And so that's the all. thing, though. None of us like paying taxes, and I don't think you should pay taxes on gambling because, say, if I have to pay taxes on my wages or like if I gamble. Then if I lose, I should be able to write that off on my taxes, which I think you can. I I don't know the full ins and outs of it, but like if you wager five hundred dollars in a year and you don't win, you say you just lose all five hundred. I should be able to write that off as a tax. If if you're going to tax me on if I win five hundred dollars, I should be able to write off my five hundred dollar yeah. losses then. And so it's like, especially when you think about the fact that the money that you're gambling was already taxed to begin with, <laughs> dude. Yeah, the fucking government <laughs> is just the most corrupt pieces of shit in the yeah, world. They're yeah. like, oh, you haven't paid us enough. Now you owe us eighty yeah. percent. And you know, I'm like, yeah. so I have twenty. And they're like, by the way, we're gonna fucking jack everything up, and you're not gonna afford anything. And I'm like, <laughs> I just want a loaf of bread. And yeah, they're like, well, totally go down to your local fucking kitchen soup store or whatever, and fucking get in line. And it's like. Yeah. I have a great paying job. And they're like, okay, well then fucking either plant your own crops, which we're going to tax the shit out of you because you planted your own fucking crops, or go get a loaf of bread (laughs) that's probably moldy with maggots in it because prices are ridiculous. So thank you to the 81 million people out there. Um, But I don't, like, the only thing I think should be regulated in sports betting should be the leagues themselves and the players. I don't think you should, I don't think they should ever regulate anything that I do you know, now if I take out a second mortgage on my house and place it on a sports bet and I lose, tough shit. That's, that's on me. That's a lot of where I stand with, especially gambling, because it's the same thing can be said of if people who go into actual casinos in Vegas or Atlantic City or wherever. What I spend my money and on is what I spend my exactly. Money on. If you determine that it's right for you to go in and lose five thousand dollars in a night on craps. Who am I to tell you you can't do that? You know what I mean? Right. You should be able to do that if you want. Now, And you shouldn't know that I'm doing that. There should be resources available for people who have addictive personalities who have a serious problem and are getting themselves in over their right. head. So any ad you see has the 1-800-GAMBLER yeah. or any radio but has the 1-800-GAMBLER. Also, everything so like, has 1-800-GAMBLERS. The resources should be there, but also as a grown adult in a country that allows that legally you should be able to do whatever you want like if you are going to be so irresponsible that you lose your house that's on you buddy i'm sorry well so like i I will say like Fanduel, and i'm sure it's with most of them they do have you can set deposit limits per week so if you want to be like i'm only going to do 25 dollars a week if i lose it on monday i can't deposit till next monday and then when i deposit my 20 you can always you know undo it but it's like off the thing yeah they have they try and provide you with some sort of tool some guardrails there's times where i'm like on my phone and i'm just scrolling through and i'll be like I, I'll, I'll build like 500 parlays and i'm just like but i'm not betting on it i'm just trying to see what the odds come out to be you know where i might like a player or not or i'll delete it and then all of a sudden it comes on and goes hey you should think about not doing this anymore you've been <laughs> online for 30 minutes but it'll be like you've been online for 30 minutes and wagered x amount of money yeah half the time it's like hey you've been on here for an hour and you've wagered zero dollars and i'm like okay First off, your algorithm should never pop up if I have $0 wagered. I'm just looking at shit. Yeah. I haven't wagered a single penny. It's honestly more of you're just like a math researcher. Right. I'm just like like going through trying to find things that I like or I don't like. And you're like, hey. So they do have things that it's like, hey, you should probably think about doing something else or take a break. (laughs) I love that. And it's like- Hey, All buddy, I'm doing is looking at Put the at phone shit. down and go outside. Yeah. <laughs> like, touch grass, kid. Yeah. Fucking touch grass. And it's like, I'll go touch grass while I'm still looking at this. And, but it's like, 
so yeah, I think the regulation should be on the leagues, the owners, anyone that has a hand in ownership of this or where my money's going to go if or I lose. Or influencing the outcome of the Or influencing the outcome yeah. of the games because if I'm a better and I bet on a game and I find out that X, Y, and Z happens in said game and it comes out that those all three of those people, players, you know, refs, owners, whatever – had a hand had money in, on the game and, or had money on yeah. the game in overturning or like pushing the game in one direction. I should have every legal right to open up a lawsuit against the league, the two teams, the players, the owners. Like I should be able to sue everyone involved in that game that swayed it in the direction it did because my money that I worked hard to earn should have gone to a fair wager and that had and no outcome. The outcome and they're that. rigging an outcome that I don't have any say in it. Just like politicians should not be allowed to participate in purchasing of stocks, and I know they're trying to push that through, or their family members, because guess what? They all buy this fucking random-ass stock that's worth like $0.08, cents, and that stock goes up to $80 in like three weeks, and they cash out fucking millions of dollars. And I'm like, you, you guys are out- making less money than I am on a yearly salary, yet you went in with a net fucking... Um, What's the net worth? Net worth of like one hundred eighty thousand dollars, and twenty years later, you're worth five hundred million. How the fuck does that math work out? If I work thirty years yeah. making the same money you do, I'm not worth a half a billion fucking dollars. Yeah, you shouldn't be able to do it. Because come to find out, they've passed regis- legislation on whatever company they're investing in to like strip right. all. You know, environmental protection, like legislation away from that company, so they can just fucking right. build pipelines through towns and poison the or, water. <laughs> or they're like, we're you gonna start. We, we know a pandemic's coming in like three weeks, so we're gonna buy in a shitload to the fucking uh, BioNTech, and then we're yeah, gonna give them government contracts yeah. to fucking just make them. And it's like so shady. It's so you guys fucked. rigged all of this to become rich. So what's stopping NFL owners to rigging shit or players exactly. or refs it's just a different, or just different you know, like industry? It just it's it's just a weird thing, right? Anything that involves money, you have to be sketchy about. Mm-hmm. Like yep. you really do. Like if money is changing hands from a large ass corporation to Joe Schmo in his fucking room, you gotta be fucking wary of what's gonna go on. Money makes people act weird, man. And when you when you're dealing with this amount of money, it gets this even thing weirder. that drives society that really it doesn't mean shit. It's just a piece it's of not, fucking paper real. or some plastic card yeah, that really doesn't exist. It's all made up. It's invented. Is what the world fucking evolves around? Dude, so wild. Like, and you got to think there's Amazon tribes or like in you know Malaysia and the Philippines or like New Guinea down there. There's tribes that don't even know white people exist. They don't even know what a fucking any sort of technology is and they just survive they don't have fucking money yeah they don't have they a have bows and arrows money. and they shoot yeah. shit down and they survive yeah and here we are like i think that ref's fucking he bet on the chiefs to win because that wasn't a flag yeah the whole thing's really weird because it's just a money really when you boil it down is just a concept invented in the imaginations of people and we all just agree upon it like right we're like yeah, it's here, not real. At here's all. a ten dollar bill, which is just a really an IOU for ten dollars. But yeah. now you have that, and then the federal government owes you ten dollars because you have that. But then you use that to buy groceries, and you got one piece of corn for your ten dollars. So now the store is owed that money from the Federal Reserve. <laughs> so so yeah. Oh, you have ten thousand dollars in your account. Well, we can't give you that ten thousand dollars. 
It's like, why not? I need my money Dude, now. And they're that like, was that idea right there single handedly got me to study finance when I went to college. I had an economics class in high school, and we learned about the Great Depression, as you do. And we learned about the run on the banks and the fact that when everyone panicked and ran in and wanted to withdraw all of their money, the banks were like, we don't have all of this money. We loaned it to your fucking neighbor yeah. over there, and then and we so loaned it to him. That that concept, you know, as a kid, you don't really get that of like, oh, that bank doesn't actually physically have all of the money who has an account at that bank there on the premises. That kind of like broke my they mind. They did I like, when I oh, brought my okay. whole fucking shoebox full of cash. They had it, and yeah. then they gave that to someone else. It's all this weird loaning, and they they're allowed to loan for every dollar they have. They're allowed to loan all this money out to different people, and so it's like, it's really when you boil it down, it's all just numbers on a screen. Somewhere, well, I think it's what it's all Ozark had like the Ozark's thing a really where great he goes in he, and he, he has all over. of his, and he goes, yeah. "I want my six million one hundred and seventy four thousand yeah. three hundred and eighty nine dollars and ninety two cents," and he like slams it all yep. down, and they're like, "We don't have." It. He goes, "It's my fucking money. Yep. You don't need to know what I'm using it for." I that's need one it of now. my and favorite. He walks out, and I'm like, "That's one of my favorite beginning." That's in like the first episode, I think, where he basically like. Because I've never watched the show, but oh, I've watched that scene tremendous. so many I, times. It was on so my... good that I I showed Taya. I was like, "This is like." <laughs> The, the way his character, he's so financially savvy, the way he breaks down the financial and the banking system in like five minutes in this one little clip from this first episode is so fucking good because he basically has to like, he's getting on the phone and he's just yelling at all these fucking people and he's like, no, 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 you're going to get the money in person, in physics, like in physically in person at that bank location and by the end of the day. Or else I'm going to fucking like, you know, right. do, I'm going to shut whatever. the bank down. Yeah, because he's like, if you're not. Because he, he, he lists off all the, the, the rules and regulations of their, like, liquidity ratios they're supposed to have and how much cash they're supposed to have on hand. And then he, like, like you said, he comes in there with those fucking duffel bags and, like, the He's FBI's like there. And they're down. like, are you being held? Is, is one of your family being held like, hostage? No, are you I just wire? want my fucking And he basically, he's like, yeah. He's like, if I want to take all 6500000 and he yeah. names it, like, down to the down penny. To the- Put it in a fucking tub and roll around in it it's with none honey. Of your fucking it's, business. N- it's none of your fucking business what I do with it. And right. so he basically just walks out of there with all these bags of cash. Fucking love that, dude. What a what a tremendous. But that's show. like so true. If what I want to do with my money is my money. Yeah, it's like, none of your business. And I saw something, I think it was like Ted Cruz is trying to implement a flat tax of like ten percent. And I'm like, I'm all fucking for it, because after you're taxed 17% on your first like three dollars, you're taxed like ninety-eight percent on the rest. So I'm in a net loss of $19 just trying to get by this fucking week, and I can't even flush my toilet because I can't pay for the water because I had to pay the government money to send to some Yahoo in fucking Eastern Europe. And it's like, no, I'll pay 10%. And then I'm like, you know what we should do? And then I saw another article because I click on one, and it takes you to another. And then you're like 40 articles later, and they're like, why don't we just do a 10% sales tax? Everything you buy. You don't pay any income tax. You don't pay state taxes, nothing. Just... 10% 10% flat sales tax. And they go, guess what? You want to come to this country illegally and use our systems? You're still paying taxes because you buy everything and you're paying 10% just like everyone else. And I was yeah, like, yeah. it's a fucking genius. <laughs> they don't have to pay taxes yeah, on gambling the, wages. The federal government and, t- and taxation is like the biggest, they're the biggest mobsters in the history of the world, basically. Because they're just basically like, if you don't give us this money, Big Daddy needs his money, and if you don't give us this money, we will literally throw you in jail. And then I'm like, well, what are you going to do with this money? And they're like, well, first off, calculate how much money you owe us. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, you wait, tell you us- know how much money I yeah. owe you? And they're like, oh, yeah, down to the we exact know, but we won't tell millipenny. You. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> millipenny. 
so you guys could just tell me how much I yeah. owe in taxes just or I'm going to get back. Yeah. And they're like, no, we got to make sure you no. file your taxes. You got to like, either do it yourself or pay someone to do it. And then we will tell you whether you got it right, right. or not. Hey, guess what? You got it right. And you actually overpaid us this year. So we're yeah. going to slide you a small check back. Yeah, and you're yeah, like, oh, yeah. that's kind of you. And they're like, hey, you got it fucking wrong. You have one day to get this shit right or we're going to bust your fucking right. door down for the 98 cents you fucking shorted us, you cocksucker. And you're like, what? I saw something the other day that was hilarious. And it was like it was like the U.S. Treasury is like, yeah, we don't know what we did with $6 billion of taxpayer money for like relief efforts to ukraine but then it's like also the irs is like <laughs> we saw that you spent 50 dollars yeah. on sports gambling you owe us 50 dollars. Right. we're gonna throw you in prison you're like okay okay sure guys Dude, it, this it's, makes total sense it's more corrupt than sports betting that's for sure yeah hands down yeah, Dude, but we that's a whole other thing let's not let's not get oh yeah, too we could get that. into that though but then pff, the fbi that's already listened to our conversations yeah. are gonna be like <laughs> we gotta really listen now <laughs> but yeah i think this this whole sports betting industry it, it's gonna be you know, as I quoted at the beginning of the discussion, they're anticipating this growing from like seven point five billion dollars yearly in terms of revenue now to like forty billion in in less than ten years, and then who knows what that's going to look like look like twenty, thirty, forty so years down the line. What's going to happen when they legalize like casinos, like online casinos? Well, so that's something that I was on the American Gaming Association's website, and they were breaking down all of this stuff, and they have it basically because they track. Basically, what they do, it seems like they track gaming revenue based on like what each state reports to like the IRS. I guess maybe I don't know how all of that actually works, but um, it just basically says the AGA's commercial gaming revenue tracker provides state by state and cumulative insight into the U.S. commercial gaming industry's financial performance based on state revenue reports. So that's what it is. So they have it broken down, and you can, like, if you want to, if you're listening to this, go to AmericanGaming.org, I think is what it is. Um, really fascinating insight here because they'll post, like, breakdowns of, like, quarter per quarter and yearly revenues. But they have it basically broken down into, like, slots, table games, sports betting, and then iGaming. And I'm not exactly sure what counts as iGaming, but it's some sort of... I think it's like the of... bubble blaster games you can play. Okay. I think it's stuff like that. Okay, because they seem to a lot of times loop the iGaming and the sports betting together because it's kind of to... And, or and maybe it's like in their Daily eyes, Fantasy. It's, like, it's all like... It's all online betting. Right. Or maybe like it's like the Daily Fantasy or whatever. Or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> something similar to that. So um, <clears throat> for 2022, for... Let's see here. Yeah. So for, for 2022, from January to September, um, the total gaming, like the, the game or gambling industry revenue was like $48.7 billion. Of that, I did not realize, dude, slots are a money making machine. Slots of the $48 billion, $26.7 billion is slots. Now, this is like nationwide. This is all of <laughs> That's it. another computer generated script that's running there. Right. Uh, table games is only seven point six billion of that. Sports betting seven point two billion, and then iGaming, gaming four point four billion. So you see there, like the vast percentage of that is slots. So when you walk into a casino and you're walking through, you know, like you and I, and when we go with our friends, we like to play table games. We have to do blackjack, roulette, craps, whatever. It I mean, is. I'll sit down at a slot. And I mean, yeah, you're a fucking degenerate, <laughs> so you'll do anything. I'm like, <sighs> but the, the slots to me are just—they're not exciting, and I don't feel like it's worth my time or money. So, like, I would rather just go play blackjack. But you walk by in any casino floor, 
how many slot machines. I mean, they're fucking everywhere. Everywhere. And especially up in Blackhawk here in Colorado, you'll go there, and some of those hotels and casinos don't even have table games. It's just well, you all think slot too, machines. Table games, you have to pay for um, dealers. Yeah. Slot machine, you could be like, we have two techs on standby that just right. chill make, and wait. Yeah, or if it goes sure out of order, we put a fucking out of yeah. order on it, and they'll come look like, at it when we go have Go to one of break. the other 4,927 right. that we have in this casino. Right. And then it goes, ring, 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 yeah. ring. And you're like, well, I bet $60, and you guys are going crazy for an 11-cent win. So I'm a net loss of 49 cents on this. And you guys are fucking making all sorts of lights and shit Dude. go crazy. Like. People are like, oh, yeah, and then you look, and you're like, well, that $100 is gone. And they're like, oh, yeah, no shit. You were winning a fucking 11 cents a spin when you were spending 60 cents. Do the math, dumbass. Yeah. It's just, so one quote, when I start thinking about the g- gambling industry, like casinos and sports gambling and all that kind of stuff, there's a quote, and I don't I don't watch the show anymore, but in one of the seasons of Yellowstone, there's a character in there who's a like a, he's head of like the Native American one of the tribes in one of like their gambling councils or something like that. And he's kind of one of the arch- nemeses of John Dutton who's the main character of that show but there he's in one of his casinos because he owns a bunch of casinos and he's in one of them and they're up in his like suite and they're looking out through these windows onto the casino floor and he has this quote that's always stuck with me and he's like these casinos are a river of money and they only flow one way and I was like yeah that's a pretty good short description of what the gambling industry is and what casinos really are it is just a license to print money like those and I, that's what like you a lot of people don't grasp into like when before they go into a casino for the first time and start gambling is like you have to take a step back from your individual situation and look around and go especially if you're in vegas go how do they pay for this giant ass fucking building and all these lights and all these bars and sports books and all these dealers and all this associated staff and make everything so bright and shiny and brand new all the time. How are they paying for you're all like, this? You're like, oh, I overpaid for my room. And they're like, nah, it's not the $115 that you're spaying or paying that you got a good deal online. It's the uh, $115 that you're wagering every single night or every yep. other fucking hour. The ATMs, the... And they're, those those casinos are okay every once in a while paying out a ten grand win to some guy on craps or whatever or blackjack. Because over the course of that night, they're making tens of millions of dollars every oh, yeah. night. It's just a river of money, and it only flows one way. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. Every it's everything so is in the casino. Like they're all house odds are all yeah. in their favor. Everything. Which you know what I would like to kind of understand at some point and do a little bit of research in is to when all of those games were invented for the first time, because it was really ingenious of them to come up with these games that they know have a mathematical probability that they are going to win like nine out of ten times or whatever the odds might be. Right. So so whoever came up with all of those games is really ingenious because they're like, we, I can guarantee you with mathematical odds that you will win way more often than the players are going to right. win. And so those casinos are then like, okay, shit, let's build a whole fucking hotel, a whole building, and we'll center right. all so of it the around only, these games. The only game the casinos, I don't, I don't know how they make money or if they even make money, is poker. Because you're playing against other people and you're playing with your money against their money. Yeah, yeah. When you play blackjack, you're playing you against the house. You against the casino. Yep. So you take the casino's money. When you sit down at a poker table and you're playing Texas Hold'em, me and you were sitting here. I'm beating your hand. I'm not beating yeah, a dealer. Yeah. I'm not, you know, we're not all like sitting we, around. We both sat down and you. gambled 500 bucks. You're right. going to take my 500 bucks. Right. When your 500's out, you could buy back in. Yeah. But 
I'm just going to take your money again, and I could cash out and walk away. And it's not the casino's money; it's your money. That's why people get so heated at poker games Dude, that's rather why than like I, I want to play poker because you're not playing the house; you're playing right. each other. Well, and that's why like some people at like blackjack tables will get really mad when you do certain things. Yeah, yeah. That's where it's like if you have a question, feel free to ask the other people that are sitting there yeah. because you're because we're on the same team here, yeah. right? Because <laughs> what you do them. could yeah. impact what they do, and what they do could impact what the dealer does. Yeah. So I'm always like, would you guys do this? Would you like, even if I know what I want to do, I would rather see what the rest of the table would feel like yeah. if we're at a $5 minimum and it's like three of us and we all know each other, I'm going to, I'm going to try and be like, don't hit your 14 against their 15. And you're like, yeah. well, why I have a 14. I'm like, because they guaranteed have to take a card Yeah, and it's hard for people to grasp some certain like strategy of the game. But then there's people where I'm like, should I do that? Like, I know I should, but like. And I'll like just get opinions because it's like, yeah. hey, if I'm playing with a dude that's 80 years old who's been playing blackjack for fa- fucking 60 years. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. I've been playing for fucking nine yeah. or seven or eight, whatever, however many years. He's going to have a little bit more insight on what I should do. Or he could be like, dude, it's up to you. It's 50 yeah, 50. And I'm like, all right, shit, well, yeah. you know, I'm going to do what my brain told me to do. But it's like, feel free to ask for help. Or like, you know, as we were up in. Um, Blackhawk, it's like, dude, feel free to ask the dealer. Like, should I split these? And most of the time, they'll be helpful. Sometimes they'll be like, <laughs> yeah. and you're like, they're just like, it's hey, on you, guess buddy. what? Sorry. You want to know why you don't have any fucking chips in your little tip jar? It's because when I ask you a question, you don't give any fucking sort of response, or you just shrug your shoulders with some grouchy ass face. Just be like, I can't legally help you, or like, I right, can't right. help you. But like, you know what I would do, you know? And then you know, mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. And then when I win, I could tip you money. I, I like the dealers who are like, I can't tell you what to do, but let me just tell you that if you do this, I have to do this, and here's what the probable outcome of that might be. So, given that information, do what you want to do. Right. <laughs> and you're like, okay, that helps. Thank you. They're like, yes, you should do that, but at the end of the day, it's your money, Yeah. so yeah. I can't tell you what you should or shouldn't do. And yeah, you're like, yeah. so... And they're like, I gave you what I would do, and you're like, so... It's like in, in the financial industry, you have to always be like, well... What I would do is this, but this is not financial advice. Right. I'm not giving you financial advice right now because I don't want to be. Or hey, I'm not. I don't want to feel in any way responsible for right. you possibly losing your money. This is. On it's you. like, hey, should I do this? And it's like, yes. It's like, okay, you made me lose five hundred dollars because you said yes. It's like, well, I just said yes, and I'm like, yeah, but you influenced me, <laughs> so I'm gonna see you in a small claims court for that five hundred fucking dollars. <laughs> But oh fuck yeah, I don't know. There just needs to be certain regulations. But at the end of the day, it's all about money. And however, people that are invested in this are going to make money. They'll they'll find well, a way to and make money. It's been fun talking about this. I don't know if there's a point to any of this. It's just more of something interesting to kind of dive if, into and peel back some of the layers. But the the point would be if you want a sports bet, set limits. Um, <clears throat> You know, like I said, if you want to deposit ten dollars, deposit ten dollars. You could bet a dollar on things. What's that new commercial that I think it's the NFL is sponsoring? And is it Steve Young who's coming out and he's saying like he's giving all? It's basically like an anti getting addicted to gambling ad, and he's like set limits. It's important to you know do right. X, Y, and Z. And he's basically saying. And this ad's brought to you by doing. FanDuel. Use code <laughs> Steve <laughs> right. Young and check out. And you're like, what the fuck? Code Steve Young for an extra two hundred dollars. It's like all the pharmacy. Do you I know? Look that up. Do you know the U.S. Like is a- like the only country that allows pharmaceutical ads to run i have heard that yeah it's like us in new zealand or something right and it's like well why do we do that and it's like but then at the very end there's like a 400 mile long list of side effects like 
uh, may include side effects such as, and you're like, what'd you say? And they're like, yeah. Or uh, thoughts of suicide, and then they like go away, and you're like, "What?" <laughs> Real casually, like, you know what's the you know what's the one that I've been hearing recently? For I heard it on two different medication ads, and they just casually, you know, as they're running through all the like myriad side effects, they just casually mentioned <laughs> uncontrollable involuntary muscle spasms that may be permanent. <laughs> I was like, that sounds so horrific. You're just going to casually mention that? I'm like, you know what? I think I'll take the fucking Crohn's disease yeah. over. <laughs> they're P- like, possible permanent involuntary muscle spasms. Like, no, thank you. I'm they're like, all set. take this medicine to help with fighting diarrhea. And then you're like, but it may increase chances of having the runs. And you're like... <laughs> Well, it's supposed to stop that. They're like, but it could just speed up the runs. Like, it might just make you shit your pants more. And you're like, that's counterproductive of what I'm... Dude, that's the biggest thing with antidepressants. Every time they say it, or they're like, may, in, in, may increase, increase thoughts, thoughts of, of suicide. suicide. And you're, you're like, like, it's supposed to what? fucking fight that. Yeah. And they're like, nah, like, but... Isn't it, that why I'm here? <laughs> but you're going to pay us a shitload of money. We're going to make a lot of money. And then, yeah, you know. And you're like, what the fuck? I'm trying to find that fucking commercial that recently, but there's like a... It's I don't know if it's Steve Young. It's like a famous quarterback from back in the day, and he's basically on there being like, "Oh, maybe it's this one." Who is this? Have a plan. Gamble responsibly. Of course, I gotta watch the Aquaman and the Last Kingdom ad before I see whatever the commercial is. It's always fun when they're like, "Please gamble responsibly." Feel free to use our code at checkout. <laughs> and you're like, that's right. that's American capitalism at its best, right there, man. Oh, I don't think anyone's in this one. It's just like have a game plan. It's a, I think it's oh, it's the American Gaming Association. So it's not the NFL because I thought I was like oh, this is interesting. The NFL is actually kind of coming out and acknowledging that this is actually could be a problem for yeah, people. No, it's just a no, it's party. not. It's the American Gaming Association. Actually, they're just like <clears throat> we are being paid heavily by sports books to try and get you not to sports gamble, but because we're going to tell you to have a game plan, we're yeah. doing our part. Yeah. So <laughs> feel free to take that second mortgage out and put it all on CU to win the national championship next year, and you're like, that's a great idea. And they're like, this guy's going to fucking lose like $300 million. <laughs> and we're going to be rich. Well, anything else that we didn't cover on – Sports gambling? I think I kind of covered everything. Not that I, I can think of. I mean, it's like I said, there's so much in depth that you could I, go into it, but there's no point in doing that unless you're going to actually gamble. I just really wanted to talk about it because I, I've been wanting to in the last couple of years. You just want to watch sports without seeing sports gambling everywhere. Well, and I think it's this that period it's, is brought to you by points bet. It's it's also it's that, and it's also like I've been kind of fascinated in the growth of that industry over the last few years and i was like in my head i wasn't paying like i remember hearing about the 2018 legislation being overturned but i was like i didn't i kind of had forgotten what that was all about so i was like well how has it grown so fucking massively in the last couple years and it seems like obviously in the last five years but it seems like especially since 2020 and i think a lot of that had to do with the pandemic a lot of people were at home it's like the card industry as soon as the yeah the card industry pokemon well i guess cards sports cards pokemon cards cards, all of it but like as soon as sports came back, I feel like the popularity of the online sports betting it's at because least, the government gave people checks that they were like, you know, I got this, free this money. might be totally anecdotal, but like at least in my mind, it seems to have skyrocketed in popularity. And now it's like you literally can't go anywhere online or watching a game on TV or scrolling through social media on your phone without seeing a fucking ad from some sort of sports gambling online app. And it's like this is just 
it's it seems like almost out of control now, but it's not going to stop. I mean, clearly, they're anticipating this industry to grow like ten times what it is now in the next. Why 10 would years, the government so. shut something down that they're taking a piece of? Yeah, I mean, exactly. Well, and it's as more states legalize it, and as a greater percentage of the adult of legal and gambling age population starts to continue, starts to download these apps and sports bet. That industry is just going to continue to get bigger and bigger and bigger. I mean, oh, yeah. Who knows what this is going to look like by 2030. But you also have to think, too, and I've tried telling my parents about this. I go, when you watch a game, like tomorrow when you're watching the NFL, right, at some point in time on any of the games, the announcers are going to go, well, the live odds have the Broncos favored. Yeah, and you're like, yeah. why does the, why do you and live odds have to, like, why do you have to say the live odds? Mm-hmm. What what and then like the next commercial that will seems be to be a very new new uh, development. Where the over like, under right like the commentators they, are actually addressing the odds right, in or real be, time or before the game they're like this is the record low for over under in a yeah. professional game and you're like why do you have to yeah. why don't you tell me the injury report why don't you tell me what you're expecting to see from Russell Wilson and you know Javante Williams and stuff like that and. Not give me the live odds. If I want the live odds and I'm going to bet on it, I'm going to go bet on it. I'll see it at that if point. If you care about the live odds, chances are you already know but, the live odds. But in every, it's almost every single broadcast, at least primetime broadcast, yeah. there's some sort of like subtle, like, hey, the odds are on this team to win. The public's betting on that favorite. Oh, this person had, you know, here's the top five player props for this game, 49 and a half yards for this receiver. It's like, they legit will go through and like put all of this shit together and put it on screens, and it's like, I want to know what their yards per game is, not what the betting line is. You know, it's like, another interesting one that you brought up here recently because I was just thinking, um, at certain times, I think they normally do them like during the middle of the day when it's not like prime time viewing hours, but like ESPN will have an entire talk show, ESPN on, betting. Well, and now or, they like, have a ESPN bet show, and that's where I was going. Is now ESPN has its own sports book, ESPN Bet. Right. So like so if, ESPN, the number one sports reporting organization in the world, now has its own sports book. Right. So so if Just I click if I click on the Gamecast for this, right, I can click on the odds, the over unders, the money line, right? Brought to you by ESPN Bet. Right. Like you click on it, and boom, I'm on ESPN Bet's website. Yep. Wild. Just like that. None of this used to exist before. They used to have yep. like the little snippet here, the money line, right? This like literally just happened. I think ESPN the, Bet the just total, went live like a couple months ago. Yeah, I used my bonus bets and was like, this fucking website sucks. <laughs> dipped. Well, they're trying to, and I just had it up. I just, I just closed it down. But they're trying to break into an industry which right now is dominated by DraftKings and FanDuel. Um, I think it's maybe. Well, they were like Pen. It was like Pen. They bought Pen. Yeah. This, it was. There was the Barstool was, one. Yeah. yeah. Um, is this the Is this the article I had up? I think the breakdown was. Um. Fuck. That's not the right one. Hang on. I'll find it here in a second. It's like between Fanduel because I think DraftKings just overtook. FanDuel as the number one in terms it's of because Fanduel has a lot of, their, of fucking their number one market share for the whole online sports gambling industry, and those two between the two of them, I think, make up like seventy percent of all sports bets that are placed. So, I mean, those two dominate the, the space right now. So, if you're interested in just like uh, business like acquisitions and markets and like emerging markets and getting into things like that. It's very interesting to study that. If you're like a business major, this would be a great idea for a project or something like for a class or a paper of studying like 
can any new player in this industry come in and disrupt the market so much that they can overtake a DraftKings or a FanDuel? You It'll could, be interesting to see how that happens because right now they have a fucking stranglehold you, on the market. You know? Like I said, I think like my idea for a sports book, I feel like I could easily overtake them, but I'm going to need a shitload of capital up front That's the to thing be able the, to the buy the capital users. capital is, is remarkable. Because like you said, they're, they're they spend buying most of users. Money. So yeah. I need the upfront capital to be able to buy users to come to my sports book where I can guarantee you my odds will always be better than theirs. I'll have their odds run against my odds. And I'll even I'll do you know five points better ev- on every single bet like every single time. So this this article was from October of this year, and it was saying in August DraftKings took the U.S. online gambling lead, according to a new study by prominent research entity such and such. No one cares. Capturing thirty one percent of overall gross gaming revenue compared to FanDuel's thirty percent. FanDuel had been the clear American leader in the market for several years. The figure includes revenue from both sports betting and other online casino games. For sports betting specifically, so this is like specific to just that industry and what we were talking about the whole episode, FanDuel still has a 39% market share compared to DraftKings' 34% market share. So DraftKings overtook them if you count other online casino games, but in terms of just sports betting, FanDuel is still the leader right now. And I mean, you know, really between the two of them, that's like 70% of <laughs> or more of, of sports gambling of all revenue. So, yeah, I mean, it's I like to look at that stuff just as like a someone who like got a finance degree and had to do projects on shit like this before. Like if you pick any industry like personal computing or fucking online streaming or, you know, if you want to look right. at Netflix and Max and all these, that one's been really fun for me to watch like the evolution of over the past few years. Because like and we did a whole episode on this like Netflix dominated that space for a long time and really still does probably has the biggest market share still that or max but the last few years especially since like 2020 the amount of competitors that they're now having to deal with is has gone up significantly and well, they, they've all had of a, their contributors have decided to not contribute anymore yeah, but and just have their, their own shit and have their own thing and what they've had to do is resort to things like password sharing crackdown and then now they're making everyone where a family of four used to have one netflix account now they have four netflix accounts because they got to this point where they're like we literally can't grow anymore we have all of the people who are going to have a streaming service already have a netflix account or one person has it or everyone has yeah or one person's paying for four people to mooch off of them Let's make it so that all four of those people. Well, I but know what I wonder now is like, well, where do you go from here? I know my. It's kind of like the Apple problem. Like, how many more people can you sell an iPhone to? Right. Well, <laughs> I know like my YouTube TV. Right. I think I can have it live on two devices at once, but I have to like be on YouTube, like my YouTube TV account on my computer, and then I have to type in a code. Yeah. So like, if yeah. I when I wanted to connect this TV, they want to verify it's you. I had to like let them know, like, hey, that's me. Yeah. And like. It it will also register that it's on the same network that it was originally logged into, so it helps a little bit. But it's like I just set every single. It's not like I just log into an account. I had to fucking go yeah. in, verify on my PC that that was me logging into it with the code. And I'm like, I get it, but it's like, come on, guys. Like, that's a new thing that's happening in a lot of different areas. I, I think you're gonna start seeing that with you know Netflix was just the first, as these other. As Apple TV Plus and Disney Plus and uh, Max, well, Hulu's already grow. fighting it. They go, "Hey, you could have seventy four ninety nine, and you can stream up to like two or three devices. Yeah, or you pay us eighty four ninety nine, and it's unlimited, and you're just going to be paying us ten dollars extra more a month yeah. for unlimited people to fucking use it. Whatever. One thing, and maybe we can do a follow up episode to this of the 
the technology spinoff episode we did of the streaming, how you like how you stream. Um, it'll be interesting to watch because it certainly seems like to me, and people have been pointing this out for the last couple of years now. It seems like to me that we're going full circle, and the rise of streaming happened as a result of cutting cable because everyone got sick of paying cable companies two hundred fifty dollars a month for having the package of four hundred fucking channels that they watched seven of, and then cutting your local channels because and then you're a greedy bastard. So they were like, "Well, I'll just cut out instead of paying two hundred fifty dollars a month, I'll just have Netflix and like Hulu or something." Well, now with all of the price increases, the rise of the amount of streaming services. I, I bet you there's probably a lot of studies on it, but I bet you most people now probably have anywhere between five and ten different streaming services, all between what six bucks and fifteen bucks a month or, or twenty five bucks you a go month. Six to eighty five if you get the live. If TV you're talking subscription. plus a, yeah, YouTube Live or a Hulu Live, it's like we have basically gone full circle, and now we're back to this is just the cable industry. It's just streaming now. Like we're all paying the it's, same amount of money now for our entertainment. It's just in a different. Avenue. It's a little bit cheaper though because Comcast, right? Concast is like to refer to them. Concast. Charges you for boxes. So yeah. it's like a $10 monthly fee to have a box that sits there. $10 monthly fee for that. $10 monthly fee for that. Then they make you charge or they charge you for the local sports packages, right? Mm-hmm. And like you do that and then you don't get the local sports, but you're still charged for the local sports. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, what am I paying for? Like yeah. I switched to YouTube TV. I have unlimited DVR. I watch all the same shit. I can watch football. Bro, I could watch. Four games at once. When college football was going on, I had four games on one screen at once. I was in fucking heaven. I had four screens there, two going here. I had six football games up at once. <laughs> and I'm sitting here going, I could start my own sports book. Like, I could you just basically are. And, you basically are operating a sports book. Yeah, I could, and you're on your fucking computer and your phone placing parlays the whole time, I'm sure. <laughs> No, they all missed. I'll come back in that, 13 That minutes. gambling hotline that they always advertise for, this is for you. Oh, I have them on speed dial. <laughs> it's, They're a it's favorite. It's for you. It's for you. <laughs> No, because I still have enough money to pay all my bills and get food and, you know, do things. I can function. I'm not one of those per- people that's, like, sitting there going, oh, fuck, they lost. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to pay rent this What month. am I going to do? Yeah. It is fun, though, to sit there when you're sweating. Like, uh, like I won a, I hit a parlay, uh, the last Pacers game, the Pacers-Bucks game. I'm sitting there, and I needed um, Tyrese Halliburton. I needed him to have 25 points. Everything else on my thing hit. And he was the last thing. And with like 50 seconds left, he drains a three. And they put him at like 26. I was like, fuck yeah. Like, <laughs> I only won like 60 bucks, but it's just, it's like that fucking dopamine. It's that dopamine. Thing, and yeah. that's what gets people hooked. But that's why you got to maintain your limits. Yep. $65 win is what, 13 more bets at my normal betting unit limit? Yeah. Or if I back you down to if one, you, that's 65 out, bets, right? Yeah, yeah. So you got to be smart. You can't like chase. Oh, oh, I got to double this now. I got to go. You got to just be like, okay, I won. Withdraw what you want. Like if I, you know, I had like a $400 hit a couple weeks ago, withdrew all of it because I still had the same money I deposited. So I'm like, I'm still playing with what I deposited and I withdrew my winnings. Like be smart if you're going to do this. I recommend not doing it, but if you are, you know, hit me up. I'll give you my code. (laughs) We can all profit from it. You know what I'm saying? Code you in at checkout for, uh, what is it for fabletics for fabletics yeah. <laughs> soon soon i will have a fabletics code you'll have an operating sports book and then bonus bets under the code fabletics, fabletics. you're just getting kickbacks all the time you're like dude your life really changed around I'm like dude i run my own sports book now legalized too you should download it and you're like what and i'm like yeah it's fucking great people are <laughs> signing up left and right i did the insurance thing and that's where i make all my money because they're a bunch of suckers 
I think Luna's ready for us to quit talking. And she's like, um, I, I think we kind of covered it all, don't you? I don't. I don't yeah, know if I, I mean, have anything else. To, I mean, we could go really in depth. But like I said, no one wants to listen to that. Like, if you want to go in depth on sports betting, just go start sports betting. That's, that's the only way you're going to really yeah. learn about it. Yeah. Put put ten dollars in. I think you can wager pennies. So like, just start oh, okay. making penny bets. Yeah, there you go. So you, that way you, you get the rush without any. Yeah, of the you're like, woo! I won thirteen downside. cents today, yeah. and everyone's like, "How much did you wager? Like three cents." That's mm-hmm. I've I've actually used that to kill time in casinos before. Like if we're gonna go somewhere for dinner or whatever, you can go to like the digital blackjack ones, and you can bet like, like ten cents, one dollar yeah. instead of like like or yeah, I think you can even break it down into like ten cents increments. And you're like, oh, I hit and I won thirteen cents. You hit like, like on the number and it's like one dollar or something. Like, like, Woo! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but or you, you like, accidentally you know, I, click like the hundred because you're drunk and you're like, <laughs> yeah, and then you miss and you're like. <laughs> Where'd my money go? And you're like, oh. but you can make ten bucks last a long time if you're betting like oh, yeah. ten cents per per thing. You can get that free drink real quick. Yeah, or you just get a little antsy and you go, just hit like put oh, yeah. a you, thousand you have, little ten cent bets out there. They're like, how much money did you wager? You're like, like six, oh, that was like six dollars. Six dollars total. Don't wait, don't. It looks how much did you win? Six fifty. Yeah, <laughs> and they're like. Oh, oh, that looked okay. way cooler. It looked way like, more exciting from over here. Yeah, yeah. If you just close your eyes and imagine <laughs> that those were ten thousand yeah. dollar chips. <laughs> Be a lot cooler. Be a lot cooler. But you could imagine. But you could just close your eyes and imagine. But no, I'm I'm good. All right. I would recommend not sports gambling though. It's it is a very addictive. Yeah. Please be trait. responsible if you are um, going to do it. But yeah, if you, if you do do it, be responsible. Set limits. Know what you should and shouldn't do. And yeah, enjoy. I guess. But. Um, I think we do have a couple of ideas for what some of our next episodes might be. Um, don't know if we're going to be able to squeeze another episode in before the end of the year. I was. Telling Matt through the day, the end of my year gets really fucking hectic. But if not, we will see you guys at the beginning of next year. Hopefully, we can get another one posted before um, New Year's. But if not, we will talk to you guys yep, have um, a, in the turn of the New Year. So, yeah, if we don't talk to you Christmas, guys. Um, happy holidays. Good yeah, New Year. Happy holidays to everyone. Happy New Year. Um, hope 2023 was a good year for you. And maybe next year you'll start sports gambling. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, maybe next year we'll see you on the other side. <laughs> see you in the darkness. Um, yeah. All right. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Um, check us out on all the you know Podbean, Facebook, Instagram, under Just Browsing. You can find us out there. Um, yeah. Yeah. Talk to you next time. Bye bye. Thanks, everybody.